so that model for me never worked. It does work for some, but for me it was um, I bought in to the sense of trying to get rid of something. Um, but I could see that what it was saying is you have to be quite determined in the spiritual life. It's not going to happen just by you know, going, going to Second Cup and talking about Dharma with a bunch of friends. <laughs> <laughs> so there's going to be some work involved. So the other model is a, is a craft model of training, which is more the model that we have as monastics. So when we ordain, <coughs> when we take these, uh, the robe, we say we pick up the training. That's the, and when a, when a monk disrobes, then he puts down the training. It's a nice image. And the training is just, it's very much like a, um, you're, in a, you're in a craft workshop and you're an apprentice and you have other people who have been doing the craft showing you, teaching you, helping you how to develop the craft. I like that one. I, I find that much more appealing. And the other one is agricultural, where you, you plant you plant the seeds and then the crop eventually comes. If you take care of the crop, if you take care of the land, if you fertilize the water, and so on. So choose your model or create your own model. But if you take the craft model of training, <clears throat> that's something that you can I can I can relate to any kind of <coughs> learning I do in in skills. So I'm right now I'm, I'm making a mitre jig. I like to picture I like to do picture framing mm-hmm. and I cannot get a good mitre cut. It's so difficult. So I'm making a mitre jig to try to get the perfect mitre cut. I'll be back to you in two weeks' time to tell you how it's going. Mm-hmm. But that that to me, you know, and I, I always observe, how do I learn things? What is learning about? And then I see a fumble and, and I read the book and, and someone tells me something, I look at YouTube or whatever and I fumble and fumble and I also, bang, yeah, I can use that. I can use the router, I can use the table saw now and, and suddenly I've got, I've got skills. And how did I get there? Well, I fumbled and I tried and I looked at cause and effect and then somehow intuitively, not just because, I mean, I understand the book. I read the book, yeah, that's simple enough. And then I put the wood through the saw. Well, wait a minute, it's, it's like 30 degrees, so, so what's going on? And then I struggle and struggle and struggle, and finally I, I, I understand with my hands, I understand with my intellect, I understand with my body of experience how to do it, right? And that to me is, is a very good model for, for understanding how to work with your heart, how to develop uh, meditation, how to understand yourself. <clears throat> and then the agriculture model fits in nicely too for me because one has to get a sense that the, the benefits of meditation don't come, uh, obviously don't come obviously. You know, it's not like you plant, you plant the apple seed and then tomorrow you see the apple. It just doesn't work that way. So. So the, uh, an agricultural model requires, I think, good understanding of agriculture, but also some faith. You have to have faith that what you're doing is correct, and the process will produce a, a good crop, a good result, <coughs> rather than being frustrated because the apple's not red yet. You know, it's, it's uh, early June and the apple's only green. I want it red, and that kind of thing. And, and what, is the, what is the crop that we are interested in? Uh, to me, it seems the end of suffering, peace, the end of all phone calls. 
<laughs> things like that. Uh, <laughs> Modern world. That's art. I could go on. We could do that for half an hour. <laughs> See how patient we are. So the 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 train. So the, the 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 idea of training, first of all, I think requires uh, an understanding. Of what what is your goal? Why do you do this work? What what do you hope will happen? And all of us have some some hope of some kind of fulfillment or peace or end of suffering, uh, or we've had some. Uh, deeply spiritual insight of transcendence which we want to touch again, right? So that is important and very personal. It's, in Buddhism it's defined as suffering and the end of suffering, and the end of suffering is given as a, as a transcendent experience rather than just a psychological experience. Uh, and how do you fit into that, into your own longing and your own work? And if, you're, if, you're, if your work is not answering that question, then you're not going to stick with it. You know, just be—it's just not—I didn't—I didn't sign up for this. Um, so then, then having a sense of your your goal could be very immediate. Like, I want to get beyond fear, or I—you know—I want to be more present to life. Or it can be just very, very, very simple like that. But it—but it's not a self-help thing. You know, you're just trying to become a better person. That's a part of it. But the the, the vision of, of Buddhism is that. There is a there's a, there's a profound peace which is possible, and all the methodology we we use is is the as I always say it's the method rather than the goal. Right? So so for me, what's very very important, and and I don't see how else you get around it, is present moment awareness. How can how can I understand if I'm not present to the way things are? That seems pretty fundamental. No matter how I define my goal. Uh, in terms of happiness or end of suffering or end of fear or more compassion, whatever way I define my goal, I, I don't see how I could do it without present moment awareness. So that's the basic methodology, and I think that's pretty clear. Because if I'm just thinking about past and future, thinking about analyzing and not really in the present moment, I can never understand cause and effect. And it's like I can never see that, that the reason my mitre cut is off is because I put the wood in at a slightly tilted angle. But when I'm present, I see, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. My wood isn't flush to the fence, and so I'm getting a, 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 a cut which is off 45 degrees, or off 90 degrees. And then I notice that, because I'm present, and I squeeze it more tightly, and oh, now i got a good cut. And it's the same with understanding your mind. So then the question would be, in terms of training, um, what, 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 what attitudes and mindsets and, and, and intentions would help you to create present moment awareness? What would be uh, helpful in sustaining present moment awareness? What kind of practices would, would work for that? It's obvious, isn't it? Uh, so you, you, you start to you figure out your own methodology. What, what do I need to do to wake up? Well, one thing would be lifestyle and simplicity. So a, a more simple life gives you more mental space to be more present. And that's adjustable to a certain extent. Right? You, can, you can do some of that. Uh, and uh, so monastic life is relatively simple. Very simple. Um, designing a computer chip is more complicated. 
Right? But we have lifestyles and we have we have preferences and so on. So some kind of space in consciousness that allows you for reflection is very important. If my mind is just preoccupied with uh, the things of the world and I cannot step back to watch the the movement of mind, then I'll always be caught up with the world. And we all know that. I think we all understand that. Um, And then we, 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 we can see that we have, as human beings, we have potential for being demonic, we have potential for being angelic, you know, we can have demonic feelings and, and really harsh and coarse and brutal feelings, and we can have very, very refined feelings, and we can be very sensitive to people, we can be very dismissive of people. So as human beings, we have this range of possibilities of the way we relate to the world. Some of that is given through um, karma or given through us through, through family conditioning or whatever's happened to us in, in this lifetime or even before that. So then, in the methodology that we use in Buddhism, it's like, it's very simple actually, it's like, uh, you, you need to abandon some aspects of, of, of habit and need to cultivate other aspects. So it's very simple, letting go of some things and cultivating other things. It's not denying that one has um, um, difficult, maybe cruel thoughts. It's not saying that you shouldn't have those, because if they're there, they're there. It's, you know, it's, it, as Ajahn Sumedha says, it all belongs. Uh, so there's a kind of acceptance of the whole conditioning process each, each of us has, but then you begin to see that by emphasizing some and not emphasizing others, you begin to create a better balance in your mind. You begin to create a better possibility for being present. And we're all doing that, aren't we? So, so I can see in myself that... Um, just being judgmental of the monks all the time, you know, not on time, soup on the robe, <laughs> dishes not done, workshops not clean, uh, chanting's off, um, chanting's too loud, chanting's too soft, too fast, too slow, you drive me crazy. Right? So there's the judging mind in me, there's the judging mind, and, uh, and I think all of us have suffered from that one. And it's not saying that the judgment analysis is wrong. It's just that if that's what my if that's what my atten- attention is always emphasizing judgment, I became more and more alienated. I I I I'm I'm less and less present to the situation because I'm just judging it all the time. So I begin to see, okay, how can I temper that that tendency to always be judgmental? So for me, as a, as a senior monk and abbot of a monastery, I've suffered a lot from that because I felt well, it's my duty to train monks. You know, I don't want to be trained by you, mate. <laughs> you know, it's like there's some kind of goal, um, some kind of. I, I, I often suffered from some image of Thailand, how I had to train, from how Ajahn trained. So I'd come into a situation from a preconceived notion of what I had to be to train other monks, and I just get very judgmental, right? Make my life miserable, make their life miserable, and end up living alone, <laughs> which. And then I saw, oh yeah, it's it's that that characteristic I need to awaken to, and not encourage. So the awakening is present moment awareness. I see how it's working, and then I begin to not encourage it. Now, how do I not encourage it? I don't go there, and that's hard. And how do I not go there? I either bring my mind back to the body, 
I bring my mind to another way of perceiving another human being. So let's say I'm really judgmental of a... Of a, of a I'm, I'm not that way now. <laughs> I'm a pretty soft guy. <laughs> but it, it, I've been there. Uh, so let's say a, a, a new monk comes in, and he's just beginning training, and the judgmental mind comes up. But sloppy, late. Now, I said, well, wait, wait, wait. He just arrived. He just arrived. Oh, he's got good intention, right? And that's the way we think. We use thought now to shift away. We do that all the time. That's intelligent. That's wisdom. But it's not denying the judging mind. It's just saying, no, that, that tendency I'm going to work with now. And that's training. So even though intellectually I understand that this judging mind all the time for me is a source of suffering, both socially and, and individually, uh, I realize that I can't just get beyond it by saying I'm not going to do that anymore. Because it's got power. It's got energy, or what we call karma. It has a kind of karmic momentum. And as I see, ah, it's not training, isn't that easy? Just like uh, I can read the books and see, yeah, if we just cut it this way, I'll get a good cut. It's actually not that easy. And so the idea of training is noting something that uh, is taking me away from the present moment or creating suffering in my, in my mind, and then making a determination, making an intention, all right, that's what I'm going to try to notice, and that's what I'm going to try not to indulge in. I'm going to try to not to go there. And I devise strategies, thoughts, ideas, a body awareness, and so on, to not go there, not go there, not go there. Which isn't dismissive, it's not repressive, it's just a choice of, of priorities, I suppose. A choice of where I, and how I put my attention on something. So if the judging... Uh, that tendency in me is very, very strong. I, you know, I'll give it to, okay, one lifetime. If I can get through this, this, this kind of averse judging mind, that's a good one. That's a good goal in life. And, yet, and that's a kind of humble goal, right? It's just a very, very, very simple, humble, earthworm kind of goal, rather than like these guys back here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can do that. You can. You can train in that way. To get to just, just to say to yourself, I'm not, you know, I sh- I'm too judgmental. I shouldn't be so judgmental. That's not training. That's self-flagellation, right? It's a tyranny, an inner tyranny. But the determination, you now this work, yeah, is 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 a, it's, it's a good feeling in the heart. And it's a good feeling in the heart. Yeah, I'm going to work with this. I can I can do this. Whereas the inner tyranny of self-judgment and criticism isn't isn't a good feeling. You just feel guilty, and inadequate, and you never get it right. So that's training in, in letting go, in abandoning, in not getting caught up by things. And then if you think about what really brings us a sense of presence is, is the, the heart qualities, like forgiveness. It's a very, it, it really brings you into the present moment, whereas resentment and those kinds of things always take you back to history. Forgiveness, empathy, gratitude, uh, joy, uh, appreciation, uh, all these kind of the ways that we can connect to human life are very, very wholesome because they bring you back to the present moment. So I just start to cultivate those. I make a deliberate, uh, like we were saying yesterday. I, I asked Bob, I said, what should I talk about? He said, gratitude. And he's obviously feeling very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just that is, and, 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 and you just make conscious the wholesome. You make conscious the wholesome that... Uh, like I'm not in Syria right now. I just I've just been reading a book by a, a, 
a, no, a Syrian novelist called, I think, The Crossing. And she goes into Syria. She's, she's fled to France, and now she's a refugee. She lives in France with her child, and, 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 and she goes back three times into Syria. And you see it over five-year period, I think, three-year period. And it's horrible. This is the most horrible, horrible kind of human degradation you can imagine. And I, and I read this stuff because my mom, my mom was pregnant with my brother uh, in '44, and that was the end of the war. So I kind of often think, what did she go through? You know what? So I try to get some kind of empathy for the the people that are coming across through what Serbia now or wherever. It's horrible. So that brings up for me both a sense of horror, but also empathy and gratitude. And if if it just makes me have bad dreams and I just get worried, then I shouldn't read that. That's not going to be very helpful. But by, by really contemplating deeply the human condition and then reading about these horrors and then think, wow, look at Canada, right? And it's not being chauvinistic, you know, and wearing a little Canadian flag on my... Well, that'd be neat, having a row with Canadian flags. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about some... It's not chauvinism. It's just uh, like a real, real gratitude for the goods we have. And that's a very settling mindset, isn't it? It really brings you into the present moment. In, and it's a, it's a mirror to complaining, to worrying. And how good can you get it as a human being? What's, you know, how possible is it to get it any better, really? And yet it's never right. It could always be better. So, so you, 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 and we're all doing this. We're all bringing forth the wholesome and abandoning the unwholesome. And those, those are in that agricultural model, that training brings great fruit, you know, because, because the, the mind's tendency to um, habitually fall into the negative is countered. And the mind's pr- preference then moves towards that which is wholesome and skillful. Not because I'm demanding I'll be different, because I'm emphasizing that, I'm doing that. It's a doing rather than just an intellectual exercise or, or, or a demand that you be that way. And that's the way we talk about right effort in, in, in Buddhism, abandoning the unwholesome and, and cultivating the wholesome. It's very obvious, it's very simple, that's a methodology. And so if you see, you know, I, I, and I, like, I like these two models, training in that way, and then, and then the fruit of the practice, you begin to see that and you say, hey, this is, this is neat stuff. This works. And that gives you a lot of confidence, a lot of joy. Uh, that, that does actually work. Some things just take longer to, for the fruit to ripen. And it just takes a long, 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 long time. But if you, if you understand the way the mind works in terms of its conditioning, you say, oh, that's the only logical thing. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. So we need some understanding of ourselves, but we don't need to... I don't think we, we don't need to think that much about where we've been, I think we need to, for me, I need to just to see right where am I right now and what can I do skillfully and what is unskillful. So the most fruitful, uh, I think, the most fruitful thing and the most rewarding, joyous kind of thing in this life is insight. And insight is, is, is understanding. It's like me getting this wrong cut, right? It's like it's off ninety degrees, and what am I doing wrong? And then all of a sudden, I see ah, the wood is warped. I didn't notice that the wood was warped, and then, and then that's the insight into why I'm not getting the good cut. And from then on, 
from then on, I always look at the wooden differently. We say, is this piece warped? Yeah, because I understand it now. And that's what insight is about, and it it gives you a kind of joy, and and uh, uh, maybe joy is too strong, but it gives you. It's a neat feeling, <laughs> right? Because you understand now. You understand something significant, not from a book. You understand something about, you, about yourself. And so that insight then comes from present moment awareness. So the more we, we make that the ground intention, the more we make that the kind of root intention, as I was saying last night, the kind of um, coming back to basics, coming back to uh, something simple of what is it like in the present moment? What is it, what is it really like now? And then stopping stopping the, 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 the analysis of it, but just knowing it, then that, that's the basis of insight. Insight comes from that sense of presence. So when I'm with the cutting of the wood, and I'm just trying to get it done, there's no insight, I just lose my thumbs. Right? But if I'm really with, okay, now you're cutting wood, what are you doing? Where's the wood? And you look at it, ah, I see it. And that's the training model. That's the training model. When all else fails, read the instructions. <laughs> Right? And the instructions are, if you're suffering, you haven't understood something. So you go back, okay, all right, okay, what, what, why am I suffering? And then you observe, and you say, ah, the wood is off-skew, something's off-skew here. So those, those are, you know, they're obvious things, aren't they? They're kind of obvious things. But just to be reminded that spiritual life is this, this kind of working, working, but, but uh, fruitful working. And then the, 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 uh, the meditation serves that very, very strongly because the meditation is, is like a half an hour of determined intentions. And for half an hour or 45 minutes, you're dedicated to awakening. And that makes a strong impression on the mind. Your meditation may have seemed like down the tube, right? You just can't, well, I'm just falling asleep. And it seems unfruitful. But what you're... What you're doing is each time you awaken, you're creating the causes for awakening in the future. And because it's so deliberate, because meditation is so deliberate, it's so contained, it's so focused on just awakening, that that has a great power in the mind. Just, just as, negatively, if I really think revengeful thoughts, how I'm going to um, put sugar in my neighbor's car because their cat peed on my lawn. And I, and I do that for half an hour, right? When I see the neighbor, I'm going to hate the guy and his cat and his bloody lawn. <laughs> because for half an hour, I've really, I've really determined to hurt him. We can see it negatively, right? That's why we say forgiveness is so important. Vice versa, if for half an hour make really, really clear determinations to awaken to the present moment, they have a powerful effect on the mind. You might not notice it in that half hour. It might have seen a very difficult half hour. But that, the fruit of the practice begins to show that, oh yeah, I am more awake, I am more present. It does work that way. So we meditate. So Ajahn Chah would say, if you want to meditate, meditate. If you don't want to meditate, meditate. <laughs> so the meditation also becomes more and more seamless. Any thoughts around that? Any questions? Pretty obvious stuff, huh? Any it's mentioned, a <coughs> You mentioned both the first method and 
no, the second and the third. Uh-huh. And it sounds like you are, or we need to practice both. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that the agricultural method, you can see things ripening, which gives you confidence, but also that you have the faith in the way the mind works, that what you're doing now will create good results in the future. If you were put in the right causes by the law of karma, you should be getting the right, you know, eventually. Those causes will ripen in, a, in an obvious way. So that's both faith and, and um, evidence. So the evidence for me, say, like I talk a lot about fear, is very good. You know, there's a lot of fruit from that practice of being free from fear. And that just gives you more incentive to do whatever you're doing that works. And then the training is like the methodology. You understand how to patiently, with determination, you just keep chipping away. Keep chipping away. Yeah? And then the fighting one, you can use it. But I I don't talk about it because I don't... I found it was too... uh, didn't work. So, in fact, all the teachers that I would read in the Thai tradition that were into the fighting mode, and there's a lot to teach that way, I never never could read them for like more than two pages. Because I knew I'd tried that. I'd been really fierce and done a lot of ascetic practices and killed a kilesa. Just didn't work for me. And it does for others. So that that (coughs) one I didn't find helpful. Mm -hmm. An an attractive thing about the agricultural model, I mean, for me, is... Also about um, you know that there's there's nature involved like so there's there's sort of there's laws about things you know like plants and that kind of thing and I can kind of relate to that to the mind too sometimes you know and it's natural there's, yeah exactly it follows natural law yeah, yeah it's not just some kind of random you know just put this seed in and some other fruit comes out yeah like uh, bananas come out of out <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah that it is dharma and that's the idea of dharma. Dharma is the naturalness of, 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 of existence. And you've got to be willing to do it at least one lifetime. <laughs> Just keep chipping away. And it also emphasizes patience. Yeah. The face, which is, uh, you know, you can watch that seed forever. <laughs> <laughs> sit there. <laughs> It's not going to change. Come on, go. Yeah. There's a lot of weeding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you also have to make sure that you're, you're, you are planting that seed. Like, you might be planting another seed and... Not know it. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's very true. I think early, early practice is that. You, you think you're playing the right... Like, I, I think I'm getting beyond thought, but I'm actually just repressing thought. I'm bashing thought down, or... I think I'm developing metta bhavana. All I'm doing is trying to get rid of my fear. So there's actually an aversion in it. So, so those are the struggles of almost taking your fingers off of it. saw, right? And getting, you know, like wasting a lot of wood. Like, I only use softwood in the beginning, right? And I didn't want to use any maple and little pieces and so on. So, But that's why the... the, the but in Thai they say, pit pen kru, mistake is teacher. So if you're watching cause and effect, you say, well, 
And, I, you know, what I think all of us who have been meditating a while, there's a kind of intuition in, met- in, the, in the type of meditation you pick up where you, you don't go in a certain direction. You just know, you know, so you, a teacher will tell you a technique and you'll hear it, you turn no, no. And intuitively, you know, I know that's not for me, that doesn't work. And another teaching or something you hear, yeah, yeah, that's more in line with my intuition. And that, it's hard to explain that. So, like, for me, highly intellectual analyses now, I used to get really excited by that. You know, I get a really neat, neat intellectual analysis of, of comparative religion or or whatever, and I and, and I get fascinated by that, and I read it, and I feel, and then I give these terrible talks about it too. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, well, I'm just getting excited, that's all. But there's no insight. It was someone else's thing, and I get all, and I I, I thought I'm just getting high on, on on intellect. And I said, well, that's not authentic, really. And, I, and what I noticed that, then from the high, I'm being excited by it. And after a while, I couldn't even remember what the heck the guy was talking about, because <laughs> it was it was someone else's idea. And I, oh, I see, that's what I'm doing. So yeah, that's why you kind of really got to keep at it. But but as long as you're suffering, you're going to keep at it, aren't you? You know, it's like, does you get if you get a stone in the shoe, you're going <laughs> to take the shoe off eventually and look at it. Seems to me sometimes it's useful to go like beyond the phenomenological level. So I, I find like when my mind is judging, what I've noticed is that what's giving it energy is I'm comparing myself and, and I'm trying to sort of feel like I'm in a superior position. Um, so it's really like selfing. Yeah, yeah. But don't you find that once you figure out some of those patterns, then you don't have to do the analysis again, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but to know the cause... Yeah, if I just say, oh, I'm judging, I shouldn't be judging, I'm going to let it go, but having the insight that I'm trying to prop myself up, it, right away, it's, it's obviously pathetic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's that way, but there's also the way of, of, like, I use body awareness a lot, right? So when, like, something like aversion comes up, I know that, for me, the state of of well-being is something about this chakra being open and relaxed. So, and then as I see, so I, I try to, I try to understand it pre-verbally. So I try to understand it more like through energetic, like an energetic form. So what's the energetic form of a judging mind as tension in the body and as contraction of the heart? And what is the energetic form of empathy, connectedness, Joy and happiness, those kinds of things, and I I, I know from um, living in this area, in the kind of diaphragm area, the difference between the two. So then I can I can see myself even looking at someone and like I, sometimes I just can't get past it; it's too strong. So like I had just finished a, a long interview in the shrine room, and I want to get to the workshop. <laughs> right? It's a long interview. And I, and I, I want to get this jig, is this jig finished. <laughs> so I have, I have my primary job, right? And then I got my hobby, which I'm always trying to get to. And, and then people see Vera Dhamma walking across the field. And then and there's a guy coming at me. I said, oh, no, I want to get to the workshop. <laughs> and then he asked me a question, 
which was, you know, not appropriate and so on. And I gave him a really kind of brusque answer. And then I regretted it. So, but I felt it in the heart. You know, I could, I could feel it. Not now, you creep. I want to go to the, <laughs> I want to go to the workshop. But it was, it, I, had, I had set up the intention in my mind to get to the workshop. I didn't have enough mindfulness to stop and let go. Right? It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, he wasn't offended. It was, you know, it was a minor thing. But you get more and more sensitive to, to minor things, even things like that. <laughs> That's where I kind of really lose it when I've, when I've got an idea of what I want to do. And then life comes in and says, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I guess we all have that. But if you, you know, I always, I just try to take it as training. Just, okay, oh, oh yeah, yeah, try to be, I'm sorry, couldn't be mindful there. Try to start again. Ajahn, I find it um, a struggle to be in the moment to, for example, I'll be driving and I find driving really boring. So I, I go off and, uh, and then I think, oh, no, I should not be thinking. I should be concentrating on what's happening. Right. Or if I'm doing the dishes, I, I, my mindfulness should be there. And it's not there. Uh, do you have any suggestions as to... I think we all have that problem, right? I mean, that's very human. Um, for me, identifying where the... Identifying what's, what underlies the distractedness, whether it's fantasy, worry, uh, making projects, jigs for, <laughs> for the workshop... Uh, that, that labeling method is quite good. So that, you know, you label like worry or planning. So that you're, you're seeing the, you're, you're noting the underlying energy which is creating the distracted thoughts. And that, for me, sets up more mindfulness on the arising of that type of thinking. So if I'm... Uh, so I'm planning a trip to India. We're going on pilgrimage with Ajahn Sumedho. And I'm trying to get an Indian visa. I got an Indian visa and so on. So, so maybe I'm, I'm in the workshop and my mind starts thinking about Indian visa and so on. If I just note that, oh, planning, right? Then there's something about noticing that, that, that that's the energy that when it comes up two minutes later, I notice it more quickly. But not to get rid of it. Not, oh, yeah, there's planning. Yeah, yeah. And then quite consciously saying, yeah, later, and coming back to the object of attention, rather than trying to get rid of the thought. The big problem is trying to get rid of thought. There's nothing wrong with thought. If you put intentions in the mind, it's going to think. You know, that's just its nature. But then being able to lay it all down, how do you lay it down? You know, that's the, the big challenge. How do you lay down the complexities of a day's work and a family life and a work life uh, and to come to the present moment? And it seems to me you have to kind of not try to get rid of that, recognize it, and then make a decision, not now. So the way I notice it, and I keep saying this, is when you are aware that you're thinking about family life or work life, that moment that you're aware is actually you've stopped thinking. And that's the moment where a millisecond later, you, you, you start to think that I shouldn't be thinking. Why am I not driving? You're right? You lose it again. So, so for me, if you, if you really note that, oh, this is just presence now, you, you jump into the present moment. 
but, but for for the most people, just then, if they're meditators, they make a judgment that I shouldn't be thinking, I should be washing the dishes. They try to force themselves to wash the dishes, and they don't even notice that the mind has run away. So that's why, like I was saying last night, get get back to the basic principle of establishing present moment awareness. So if you're washing the dishes and you find yourself planning family life, and, and then you notice that, then just come back, okay, I'm present, this is the way it is now, rather than try to get rid of the thoughts. And hopefully that gap gets bigger. Get a dishwasher too, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. It's we all have that, don't we? You know, it's a challenge. You're trying to you're trying to make the silence of the mind something which is becomes the dominant part, but it's it's very hard. As there was a nice story of Ajahn Sumedho, someone just told me I was repeating it in the monastery, but he was uh, being driven from Chittors to Amravati in England, and and the driver was very verbose and. You know, talking, talking a mile a minute. Apparently, never stopped. And at the end of the drive, he said, "Ajahn Sumit, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I took you away from the sound of silence." And Lompa said, "Nothing takes me away from the sound of silence." <laughs> and that's impressive, right? All the noise and activity. He's always just centered, centered, centered. So he's developed a way of being very centered with the sound of silence. Now, if you cultivate that, if you've got something that you can link to. That's very, very helpful. Usually, usually, of course, we're encouraged just you know do to do what you're doing, to do the dishes and so on. But it, it's 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 not. It's boring. It's repetitive. You know how to do it, right? You've got an automatic pilot. The other way is you know where you do it so methodically that you never get them done. You know, like slow dishwashing. <laughs> That's definitely not for a solo mom, say, or a big family. So that's just trying to control things, and that doesn't really work. Life, you know, life is not a control. Any other thoughts? We have an ordination on October 11th. Welcome to come. I'm going to do it in the tent. Hopefully it'll be warm enough. And uh, ordination for us is a very rare thing. So, you know, I think at Tisrana we've had very few monks actually take the robe. And in, in Theravada Buddhism, it is, uh, it is said that when a man takes the, the bhikkhu robe, the brown robe, uh, from a preceptor, myself, when a local man takes the robe from a local preceptor in a local monastery, then the whole the sasana the the, the religion the not just the sangha but the whole uh, community of buddhist practitioners has become well established so for us it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a kind of important sign local local person so came as from toronto i'm kind of from toronto ottawa uh, and the monasteries in Perth. It's good, good signs, very good signs. So we're we're very, we have twice as many monks as last year, and uh, very good, good monks. And myself, I'm I'm trying to get the other monks to teach more. You might have noticed. 
So we had a Thai monk here and translating. We have another Thai monk who's very, he's quite a strong man. So I'm trying to sort of stay in the workshop. <laughs> I shouldn't give up my day job, right? But also, if, 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 if like, if the teaching situation is only dependent on one person, that doesn't last. So it's very important that we, we get other monks teaching and, and that, that the laity get a sense of what a sangha is. So this, this food initiative is, is, is kind of getting a sense of that, that um, it's not that we're starving out there, right? But it's just getting a sense that if this, if this way of life that we're developing with monks coming here and nuns coming here and, and having a place that monks can ordain, that will create a social situation which is very strong and ongoing where people can plug into the monastery where young men and women can train uh, and that exercise is quite rare in the world very rare in the world and uh, so my my sense of it is that I need to back off a bit and let others participate in the teaching and I've cancelled a lot of 10 day retreats this year and I, I must admit I like it Ten, ten day retreats are quite a workout, mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah, it's a kind of changing time. But, and also because we have eight monks in the monastery, it's very important that I'm there, and the training is going on, and people come in, which is a natural evolution of a monastery. In the beginning, a mono- monastery begins that when I began here or in Wellington, I just went to every invitation possible ecumenical, I did prison work, I did all manner of things and just got to be known. And then, of course, that's very exhausting, doing all I did two years of prison work in, in Wellington. And then I'd go to these ecumenical meetings and no, 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 no. teach in town, give lectures, travel all over, right? Oh, I'm glad I don't have to do that. But that, that put us on the map. And then when we're on the map, then started to refuse invitations until they don't leave the monastery. <laughs> That's a kind of natural evolution of the monastery. But I think this association with, with OBS is very, very good. Very good. You know, what OBS does is really skillful and you, you create uh, excellent, excellent uh, opportunities for, for Dhamma practice for many people. And I think that the combination of I's place and our place and, and OBS is very... I've seen obviously a lot of groups and and monasteries, and this is a very nice, very good model. Yeah, it looks looking very, very well. So, sadhu to all of you. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs>